Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Activation Project. My name is Olivia Eden, and I'm here with my co-host, Christina Sarmiento. Hello. So today we're going to be just a little introduction to the Activation Project and what it means, what it's about, and how it got started, how each of us kind of faced uh, different transitional dilemmas, which brought us to the path of healing, to recovery, and then naturally led us to find our calling and our vocation. So it's going to be a little bit of story time and then a couple of very visual, visceral metaphors for you. And then we're going to segue into the first guided journey that I ever did where we discussed my whole sexual history. And in the beginning, I kind of start right in the middle. So I'll fill you in on the context and what was happening around that time. But then it'll just kind of jump right into it. And as I go along, I backtrack. So you do have to pay attention to kind of follow along and understand what's going on. So just a little bit about me or actually, Christina, how about we start with you, my darling? Well, my transitional dilemma started from 2011, but I didn't know I was at rock bottom. So looking back on it, that was the beginning of a decade-long recovery from where I thought I was going to be to where I am now. In 2011, I had moved to Texas, and I moved here on a whim. I was in an abusive relationship, and I just packed everything in my car, and I was driving back to California where I was from. And I stopped here in Texas and my friend was here and I decided to stay after going to a strip club and deciding that I could work (laughs) inside of this club and be a cocktail waitress. And it was the first time that I didn't have any responsibility. I wasn't running a multi-million dollar business like I was in Florida. And I kind of went a little crazy on the coattails of my sister committing suicide. Unbeknownst to me then, I realized that she had done it due to the severe amount of trauma that we had experienced as kids and they had blamed it on mental illness and other things. But fast forward 10 years, it's come to light that it was from stuff that happened to us in our childhood. So I kind of circled the drain a little bit, became addicted to drugs. I was drinking a lot and someone actually physically shook me and was telling me that I was, no, I was not going anywhere and that no one would ever want to be with me. No one would ever love me. So I did the next best thing. I'm like, I'm going to show you. The next day I went and I enrolled in school for culinary arts. And I thought that was going to be the saving grace with me. I became a chef. I ran a James Beard nominated restaurant here in Austin, Texas. And the same stuff that happened to me in childhood was just happening inside of this job. And I didn't realize that I was seeking to get my needs met in hidden ways, but I wasn't aware of the needs that I had. So I wanted significance. I wanted to be a part of something. And this was a way to do that. Being a big shot in a restaurant, you know, everyone knows your name, you go places, you know, they pull the red carpet for you. It was a great way to be seen, but it wasn't truly what I wanted. I was miserable and I was drinking heavily. And then I moved back home because my mom was sick. I got into a relationship and this is when my life took an even deeper turn. Got into a relationship with someone and we were drinking constantly, doing drugs. And at one point, I found out what a buttload of wine is, which is 128 imperial gallons, which is 636 bottles of wine. And we decided... (laughs) 
How long will it take us to drink that amount? A buttload of wine. A buttload of wine. Two people. It took us 14 months and like 26 days because we actually kept track and was drinking between four to six bottles of wine with someone else and doing copious amounts of drugs and... A buttload of cocaine. (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. And I was absolutely miserable. And I would have those nights where I would self-report myself and say things like, I'm worthless. I want to die. And I didn't realize I was so miserable until one day I woke up and I saw myself in the mirror. I was about 60 pounds heavier than I previously was. I wasn't going anywhere. I was like a waitress at a restaurant. Like, how did I get here? And then I ended up leaving that person and coming back to Austin. And I was living out of my car. I was miserable. And I saw a post on Facebook. Someone that I had worked at the club with had gotten sober, who was right in front of me, Olivia. And she was completely sober. And I saw her and I was like, I want that. And it was just this reaction within me that I had to go after like if she could do it I could do it like we went cray together multiple nights at this club and so I reached out and it's really hard for me to do that because normally I'm the kind of person that does everything on my own and I stand strong in not needing anyone and it was about the very first time that I was vulnerable enough to say hey help me and I was like I'm miserable please please and she said meet me here at this date this time at this pink little house and I did I showed up unbeknownst to her I had purchased a case of wine and $200 worth of drugs that day with a full expectation of me leaving there and having fun. But when I sat down, I had a spiritual awakening and something happened. And when they asked me if I wanted to take a chip to stay sober for 24 hours, I did. And it was one of the greatest things that I ever did in my life. And I haven't touched drugs or alcohol since then. Now in this program, you're not supposed to date anyone. It's like, you're not supposed to do it for a year. And I'm the kind of person that likes to get an A and everything. I wanted to get an A and a and I uh plus yes a plus but I met someone one week later and we are now engaged to be married and when I met him I was kind of lost and I was really trying to get my life together I was exercising I was wait wait so you you met him when a week after I got sober right right right. yeah yeah And then riding your bike around Town Lake. Yes, Town Lake is one of my saviors as well. So I was riding around and we met and started asking questions about why I am the way that I am and stuff like that. He was one of the very first people to ever come towards me and actually kind of explained to me the reasons why I'm possibly the way that I am. He was saying things like alignment, fragmentation, and I'm like, what are those things? So one of the things he said to me was, I want to own you. And at first, me being a strong, independent woman, I was like, No one's going to own me. And he sent me a video from Teal Swan, who's a spiritual teacher. And I watched it. And it's like that old school ownership where they take your needs, your wants, and your desires a part of their own. So they help you and support you in anything that you want and are there unconditionally for you. And at that point, I was like, yes, please, please own me. (laughs) Because I was thinking about the shadow part of ownership. So I took a big, deep dive into the work, into shadow, into the reasons why I am the way that I am. And it wasn't until November of 2018, I was going back to Florida to pick up my stuff from where I was living to fully move to Texas. He was at a conference and I went to pick him up and we were taking a trip together only a couple months after meeting. And I took him to my home that I grew up in, my grandparents' house. And it was the very first time I had an enlightened witness to my situation because I was like, oh, you're going to see this beautiful house. This is where I lived. Like I was super excited to show someone a new where I lived. 
limbed and he had a ab reaction to the situation and shed a light on something that I did not see that was so far out of my consciousness that afterwards I had a pretty much mental breakdown. You know, I showed him where I lived, which was in the basement. And he was just like, you live down here. There's no floor. Like there's an AC and there's ducks everywhere. And like, there's little round, like you open up this door and there's like dirt. He's like, just because there were handprints on the wall and you got to paint it the color you wanted doesn't mean it was a good place for you to live. And then he noticed that the dogs that were there, they had a lot of dogs, uh, were being taken care of better than he could imagine that I was. And when he brought that to my attention, that's when I had parts of me start acting out. It was like someone had seen them for the first time and I had denied and repressed them so deep inside of me that they were angry and they were sad and they, you know, they wanted to be seen. So had one of those reactions, one that would end up someone in the mental institution, but he knew exactly what to do. He didn't make me feel bad for having those feelings. He validated me and he used a method called the completion process to help me get through that time. And I had parts of me coming out and talking and it would look like I was talking in tongues and he created this resolve within me and integrated this trauma in my life so profoundly that afterward I was at ease. I was at peace. And I was like, what is this magic? I need to know what it is. And that's what really started me on my journey to understanding myself, having that awakening of what I was taught wasn't actually real. And I got the book, I read it and I wanted to become a completion process practitioner. And then I did. And then after that, I wanted more that led me to NLP timeline therapy floodgates. It opened the floodgates and I'm like literally going full force into it. So that's how I got started with all of my healing. I just wanted to interject a one a little spot because during this time I was her sponsor. And so I also got her a job working with me. We were doing medical sales and traveling all over the country. And it was a really great opportunity for her to learn how to sell and to start making exponentially more money. So, you know, I, I was also a certified coach and working with clients as well as sponsoring her. And I had eight months of sobriety ahead of her. And so she starts having these like spiritual awakening. She starts integrating into I just remember because right after that happened, we met at a show in Detroit. We were working out at a Planet Fitness of the eight mile. Yes. Real early in the morning. It was like 6 a.m. We're on the little stairmaster pumping it out. She's like, so I had this happen and parts work and this and I'm like, okay, great. Sounds wonderful. And you know, I was super happy for her, but I could not relate. I was like, great. That makes sense. I mean, you've been through so much trauma. That's awesome. Wow. You know, I'm like, that's good for you, but not like thinking it had anything to do with me, that there's anything of value there that could help me. So meanwhile, Christina is just like, zip, 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 just like elevated up to higher levels of consciousness. I'm just floundering about, you know, did it in like two hour workouts every day. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that. Well, I saw it is that eventually that something would come into your life and bring an awareness that would allow you to see the things I was trying to show you because because I know that a huge turning point for me is when I did a podcast with my fiance, Brendan Murata. He told me about the ACE test. And before I was like, everyone goes through trauma. You know, these things are normal. And I took the test. And I want to say 80% of people have a four or a below. People do have above it, but I have a 10. Wait, wait. Okay. So actually 30% have less than four. 30%? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the remaining 70 is four and up. 
Four and a half. So the majority of people have scored on the ACE. And all of this is going to be, there's a direct link on our website to the ACE and to the resilience test and all of that with amazing information. We're also going to be releasing YouTube videos with more information about it. But yeah, it's astounding. And then I had to take a step back and having such a high score on there really it hit me and then I had to go through another round of awakening within myself and then I took the resiliency test which I scored off the charts because before some of this stuff had really taken a hold of me I was functional I had been to counselors before and they'd asked me I don't know how you're not dead how you're not a prostitute how you're having killed someone or that you don't have a mental illness and getting that stamp of approval from someone after telling my life story felt really good like you know oh, I beat the system you know I run multi-million dollar businesses. I'm okay. But in all actuality, I wasn't okay. And it took me a really long time to figure out that I wasn't. And now that I know that I'm not, it's made it a lot easier to help myself and others. Right. Yeah. It's like once we can connect with our own pain, then we can connect to true empathy and compassion for others. So that was my problem. So through Christina's trauma, she had to learn how to be very empathetic. She had to become an empath at a very early age just so that she could get her basic needs met. If she wasn't able to understand the mood of the people that were going on around her, she wouldn't get to eat or sleep or get taken care of. Whereas me, so I was born and raised in a religious sex cult that was international, known as the Children of God. There is a documentary on Netflix right now about it, which was created in 1994 by BBC. And Helen Mirren is the narrator. So really, really fascinating. It's an hour long. It transitioned into the family, which then became the family international and took on a much more structured situation. So they kind of stopped all of their pretty radical practices. And that was when I was like six years old. So the group I was born in, it still had quite a bit of elements of abuse of corruption and power and a lot of child abuse as well. But the real sexual component, it wasn't as much as in the 80s and 70s. So if you would have asked me a year ago, you know, how I was raised, I would have said, you know, I was born in a missionary group. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. We got to travel. I knew how to read perfectly when I was three. I speak multiple languages. It was amazing. My mom was incredible. So inside, you know, and I think to most people, it was just kind of like, well, then why the hell is she so fucked up? Is she a sociopath? You know, and I thought I was a sociopath because I was the opposite of Christina. I couldn't connect to empathy to save my life. And I was a coach. I had been coaching. I first started coaching when I was 17 in Mexico City. And I was this public speaker at seminars with hundreds of people. Because it's like I could teach concepts, these fundamental paradigms from an intellectual standpoint and an objective standpoint, which sometimes is great because you don't have a subjective point of view and you don't get too emotionally invested. And, you know, you can just kind of keep your head about But it's terrible when it comes to connecting with people because I really couldn't feel or understand what they were actually going through. And a part of me, honestly, was wondering why they couldn't just get over it. It's like, fix yourself, you know, be disciplined. What's wrong with you? Because that's the way that I spoke to myself. So I I first ran away when I was 15. And then that's when I started to get a lot more sexual trauma and went through multiple rapes, etc. And then I came to the US. uh, I rejoined and then left again at 19. 
2018 and came to Austin. I started going to school. I found it very hard to keep a job because that's one of the consequences of having had or experienced a lot of trauma as a child is that you find it difficult to hold a job, you know, promiscuity, which is like 50 partners or more sexually, 97% chance of being on antidepressants for the rest of your life. So it comes with major, major cognitive, behavioral, social, and economic dysfunction. And here I am just wondering like, what the fuck's wrong with me? If I had this great childhood, why can't I stop having such a compulsive desire to consume drugs and alcohol? And once I start, I can't stop binge eating and then starving myself. I mean, it was just a roller coaster. And it wasn't until, you know, Corona hit. So I'll just go back just a little bit further. So I had gotten sober eight months before Christina. I really started working on myself just about two years ago. I had gotten a DWI and that was, you know, a pretty big transitional dilemma for me. So I started to get sober, but because I didn't have the key to unlock my mind, all of my efforts, they were just staying on the surface level. So it was all focused externally. You know, I was getting really fit. I was in good shape. I started becoming an expert on nutrition because I was a health coach as well. And I was doing yoga meditation, but at the same time, I was like, why can't I get past anger? And specifically at this point, I had just had adopted a dog. So I was like, Hey, Hey, I could be a mom. Okay, I'm ready to get married. Like I can add lots of value. Like I'm a good partner. So I opened my heart all wide because I read the book The Untethered Soul, and I was like, "All right, this bitch ain't never close enough." <laughs> and so I just started like, you know, I never got any dating apps, but I was like, "Whoever the universe brings me, great." So the universe has a hilarious sense of humor and started showering me with men of all the same caliber, not ready to get married, emotionally damaged, still playing around, still wanting to be, you know, fucking around, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, this, why, why, you know, like, who are these guys? Like, what is going on? And I was just refusing to look at this huge, huge, massive shadow that was just covering like 75% of my heart and my mind and my life. So I'm working six hustles. I have, I like sell, you know, everything you can imagine from software as an account manager to credit card processing, medical sales, just the list goes on. And then Corona hit and I lose all of my hustles except for one, which was coaching. And for the first time I was able to unplug from technology. So I decided that's what I was going to do. I was like, this is an extremely important time. I had already known about maps and plant medicine. And at this point I was leaning towards, you know, alternative solutions because I got into a place where I was like, you know what? I believe in the power of the mind. I believe that I have the power over anything and I can overcome addiction. I can overcome this compulsion. So I sort of, I feel like I outgrew the mindset of AA. And so I started doing journeys with mushrooms, etc. And I also, you know, I listened to Kyle Kingsbury and the On It, Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan, and all these guys. And it just really opened my mind to different modalities of therapy, as well as maps. So I reconnected with an old friend, which was a complete godsend. He was my mentor. He was a spiritual teacher for me. And I decided I was going to unplug for a couple weeks and just get super focused and clear 
on what my purpose was, what I was supposed to be doing during this time. So my mentor just offered me to do a journey very similar to the MAPS protocol, but also very different. And we just went down the rabbit hole. You know, I started talking about my life, about my my childhood and how I was raised. And then he introduced to me the ACE. So I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I need to take that. Like, I don't think this, you know, relates to me at all. But he was like, no, let's just do it. And uh, we go down the list. And sure enough, I scored an eight. Then he introduced me to the Bomb in the Brain series, which talks all about the effects that trauma has on your mind. And it was like dynamite exploded in my brain and we talk about a bomb in the brain it was like all of these dysfunctional misfiring circuits that were just going nowhere and about to overheat and explode just were wiped out I mean it was just straight up demolition which was amazing what it did was it freed up so much bandwidth in my mind because keep in mind like I had been driving for work so I was listening to podcasts and audible for hours and hours a day and it was like they were all backlogged just waiting for my brain to free up space and as soon as it did it was like it all came flooding in just like the matrix when they like hook up to the computer to learn like a new language it was amazing so that was like the first one which wasn't like a real official one it was just kind of to get started and during this time I started dating someone we you know right away we just completely got enamored with each other and I thought he was like the man of my dreams he was perfect we had done some mushrooms together so another heart opener just really got like we started moving really quickly and right afterwards he was trying to get sober he had had like a month of no alcohol not plant medicine but alcohol and he had just moved into town and he was just really just trying to get his feet on the ground and so he was like you know you deserve the best can we please just take this slowly and I was like okay that's fine that really hurts but okay I mean another one bites the dust I guess but anyways I was still like okay but you know what I'll be here for you I'll help you and we had already had sex and I have an IUD and I had already told that to him I was like it's 99% effective and I guess he had forgotten or I don't know what but we were hanging out a couple weeks later and we were just dancing and having a really fun time and he's like hey so you said I could ask you anything right I was was like yeah of course what and he goes do you think you might be pregnant and I swear it felt like someone had taken a gigantic samurai sword and stabbed me through the stomach and I just filled with rage like he just must have seen a blackout in my eyes because he was like what 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 happened what happened what happened and I just looked at him like I don't know if any of y'all have seen the Umbrella Academy but straight up Vanya shit like I just like turned into number seven and I was like to answer your question no I'm not fucking pregnant I was like, I told you I had an IUD. I don't need to trick somebody to have my babies. The man who's going to have my babies is going to beg me for them. And I was just furious. He was like, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, no. I was like, I will 
never have sex with you again. I was like, you killed everything inside me. I will never feel safe with you. And I just started crying. And he started crying. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I was like, well, you live and you learn. And and then I just, I kind of sat back and I closed my eyes. And I just started having these flashbacks come. And I was taken back to this period in 2016 when I was living in Houston with my ex. He was very, very emotionally and physically abusive. And at that time, I didn't have any protection. And so every month he would ask me, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? I hope you're not pregnant. If you're pregnant, I'm going to kick your stomach and kill the baby. And if I would gain a pound, he would tell me the same thing. This went on for about three years. And then finally, we were about to break up. We were celebrating a Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah. And we both got really drunk. I got blacked out. And we had sex, or he had sex with me, came inside of me, and impregnated me. And I had no idea. Weeks passed. He's like, when's your period? When's your period? And I just thought he was torturing me again. But finally, I was like, okay, my period's late. What's going on? Tells me the truth. He's like, okay, let's go get an abortion. So I'm like, oh, great. So right before we break up and I leave, you scar my body. This is wonderful. So another thing that happens with the brain when you've suffered major trauma is that the hippocampus starts to short circuit. So it starts to suppress any memories that it perceives to be dangerous. So I, at this point, couldn't remember most of my childhood. I stopped being able to remember my 20s. I thought I had early onset dementia. I couldn't remember words, vocabulary and I knew how to read perfectly when I was three years old. I've been an intellectual since I could speak. I never stop reading. I'm reading like five books at a time. And so it was just so hard for me not to be able to even find the most basic of words. So your hippocampus starts to freak out. Meanwhile, your amygdala is on overdrive. So you're always in fight, flight, or freeze. So if you suffer from anxiety, depression, procrastination, you can't you know, achieve your goals. You can't plan for long term. You're compulsive, instant gratification. You can't keep a job. You're fucking the whole world. Chances are you've been through some trauma. So I realized, all right, there's this huge portion of my life and my sexual history that I was going to take to the grave with me. And it's time to let it out. It's time for it to come out. It's time for me to talk about it. It's time for me to face it. Time for me to have or speak this to an enlightened witness, like Christina said. So I called my mentor and I was like, hey, I'm ready to do, you know, my first official journey. And I want it to be about my sexual history. So that's what we're going to be showing you. It's a two hour recording and we're going to break it up into two segments. And I'll talk a little bit about the intro and stuff like that after we briefly go over the activation project. So during this time, the very first time that I asked for the idea, I received the first portion of the activation project and then continuously throughout Corona, every time that I would get quiet and meditate or think about the project, it would just come to me. So it came to me in three phases. The three phases are activate your mind, activate your tribe and activate the world. All of the details are going to be on our website at theactivation.com. 
where we go into depth about it. But I just wanted to ask Christina, was there anything you wanted to interject? It's been an amazing journey for me to have known you since 2011 and see the growth that we both have had from being cocktail waitresses at a strip club. And I'm just really happy that you're going to get not only myself, but a lot of other people to be an enlightened witness to what you went through. I know that your story and the things that you have to say are going to help others in the place that you were at. And even if they didn't experience as much as you, you're going to give hope to a lot of people. And it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. So somebody asked Jim Carrey how he was able to act like such a complete and utter fool like in Ace Ventura. And he said, I act, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, I act like such a fool so that people can feel comfortable just to be themselves. And that is why I usually lead with like, yeah, I was born and raised in religious sex cold and this and that, like I've been through this, you know, and I'm going to bear like my whole story and I'm willing to answer any and all questions because I just want people to feel comfortable just being able to talk about whatever it is that they're going through because that's where the healing starts it was like once I was able to verbalize everything I'd done and everything I'd been through it was like the magnitude of it just diminished it lost its power over me so the first part of the activation project is activate your mind and the concept is to truly and utterly know thyself like Socrates said so we've developed a program that involves a lot of different therapeutic modalities like NLP, breathworks, meditation, timeline therapy, origin story, all of this to help you to truly get to a place of knowing yourself. We have links on our site for Jordan Peterson's sweet self-authoring, for his personality test, because those are all components of who you truly are. And it is not until you fully, truly know who you are, and that means going back through your life at major events and characters that played a role and impacted you and understanding how that affected you and made you who you are today, can you have freedom of choice, have freedom to decide who you want to be, and it gives you the armor that you need to protect you against manipulation, gaslighting, and control. So that's phase one. I'm going to let Christina describe phase two. So for activating your tribe, a lot of times when people go through these journeys and they open up a lot of memories and things that they've never felt safe to bring out, different parts of them come out that they never knew, and they're pretty much just wide open. And when you're that open, you're susceptible to having things happen to you that will re-traumatize yourself. So integrating what you learned into your daily life and into reality is the utmost importance. So what I do is, depending on what package someone gets, I will take them through a different amount of coaching that involves integration that maybe they found a repressed memory and they have feelings around that. Maybe they found parts of themselves that they didn't know existed. We can integrate that. Then I also teach them about language around explaining to people that they care about what they've been through and how that person and can show for them, showing them how to create boundaries. If that was one of the things that they didn't have. I know I was a boundless fool for years. <laughs> Same. <laughs> 
We were boundless together. It was great. And then, you know, when you really activate yourself and you go into these things, we find ourselves. And sometimes that new self, other people aren't very comfortable with. So I make it really easy for you to integrate the new things you found with yourself and create a way for you to share that with people you love and care about without pulling you back down to where you were before. Teaching people about how environment is everything. So if you go back into an old environment, which created the situation that you were in, the trauma, teaching people about that so they can get out of that environment, get into places where they are supported in their new way of thinking and really tying that in and bringing it to where they can bring that home to their friends and family. And, you know, also if people just need coaching in general, if they have a problem or they have something that they just don't know how to do themselves, I help people figure out how to become their best selves. Everything is reprogrammable. We are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. And that's it. And all that other stuff is learned. And we can unlearn those things because a lot of the things that we learn are given to us from other people. And when you get activated, you find that you want to give those things back and start anew. So I help people do that. The title we have for phase two is Maya Angelou's quote, what you get, give, what you learn, teach. And then that segues into phase three, which is activate the world. And in that phase, we teach people how to band together with their tribe and build beautiful, loving, sustainable, intentional communities around the world where they grow their own food. They live in 100% sustainable homes, independent from municipalities, so they'll always have water and solar energy. We're teaching them how to build earthship homes, which stay the same temperature all year long. So this is going to be worldwide. And in those communities, there's no leader. There's nobody in charge. Everybody just lives and works off of the same basic fundamental principles, like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Tell the truth, love everyone. Just very, very simple stuff. The children will be going to the community school where all of the parents can agree on the curriculum. And they just work together in harmony. I mean, it's literally creating a new heaven and a new earth, which I think so many people are desperate for right now. And our title for that is one of Confucius's philosophies, which goes like this. If your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. If your plan is for 100 years, teach children. So we truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And that's essentially, you know, what we're creating with phase three. So that is the activation project. If you would like to sponsor somebody's journey, please go to our website and we have a list of packages there. But we'll be releasing different episodes that'll, you know, we'll give you the complete picture. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Once again, you can reach us at become.activated at gmail.com. You can find our Instagram and our Facebook. I'm Olivia Eden 88 and Christina is... Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Christina Sarmiento, S-A-R-M-I-E-N-T-O. Christina is spelled with two E's, K-R-I-S-T-E-E-N-A. And then you can find me on Instagram, Christina 1111, and on TikTok as Christina 1111 and Polished with Purpose. We love you. We <laughs> love you too. Till next week.
Now I'm going to quickly walk you through a metaphor that describes the Jungian theory of individuation. Carl Jung came up with this theory right around the time that he was starting to take off and he was coming out of the shadow or from under the wing of Freud. So imagine that you're going down a kayak along the stream of your consciousness. And it's a beautiful day. The water's glistening. It's shining. There's beautiful trees on either side of the lake. It's beautiful, gorgeous day. And you're just kayaking or rowing along. And then all of a sudden you hit a gigantic rock and your boat flips over and you just cyclone down to the bottom, gasping for air, struggling to breathe. And at this point in time, you don't know how to swim. So you finally get to the top, all of your might, and you flip over the boat, you put yourself back into the boat. And as you turn around to grab your oar, you notice that you're not alone in there anymore. There's a second person in the boat with you. That person is a split of yourself. So when we experience something traumatic, according to this theory, our consciousness splits and another part of us is created. And every time something traumatic happens, we're split again and again. And it's exactly like the movie Multiplicity where he keeps on cloning himself, but each different clone has his own need. So one of them is really horny, wants to have sex with his wife. One of them is like super hungry, just loves to eat all the time. One of them is really smart, does all of the work. The other one is really lazy. I think he even has one who's a little mentally impaired. It's really very similar to that. Now, generally, they're all in conflict with each other. They don't communicate with each other. Most of them don't know that the other one exists, especially you in the front of the boat rarely have communication with the one in the back. Now, the one that's usually in the back is probably your most strongest alter ego. So these splits, also known as alter ego, also known as bipolar, also known as anxiety, also known as depression. These are all just forms of the same thing. Trauma produced splits in your personality. Very inconsistent. What it feels like is if, you know, you'll be lying in bed and your alarm will go off. A part of you will want to jump out of bed and get started, get ready for the day. Another part of you is like, no, stay in bed. So the goal is to try to get both of their needs met, which is always a solution. That's always a solution for everybody in every relationship. There is a way to get everybody's needs met. So imagine that your mind is Downton Abbey or any Jane Austen film like Pride and Prejudice, maybe Oliver Wilde or PBS Masterpiece have those gorgeous, beautiful estates in the countryside. So you have this beautiful home as your mind. You have lush lawns, you have waterfalls, you have marble staircases and marble floors and beautiful people walking around everywhere. However, You have not been able to go to the West Wing in 20 years. It has been barred. It's been closed. The drapes are covering all of the furniture. The windows are barred so no sun gets in. Cobwebs are taking over. And it's just been something that you've come to accept. So you've reached a point now where it's becoming much harder to ignore. You're starting to hear sounds. Now, the reason why it's been closed and locked is because supposedly it's been haunted. Now, you're starting to hear sounds because so much time has been passed with inactivity. The wood is starting to rot. It's starting to smell bad. And you fear that you're going to lose the entire estate. You feel like you're going to lose your mind. 
So you start to become extremely desperate for a solution. And you've tried everything else. I mean, you've tried the yoga, you've tried the meditation, therapy, all of this. Nothing has helped. You still have this gigantic problem with the West Wing. And then one day somebody comes and says, darling, I have the key to the West Wing. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to walk you through. And I'm going to show you that there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm going to open the windows with you and I'm going to be by your side every step of the way. So that person opens the door and you both walk through together. And together you let the light in, the sunshine, you remove the sheets from all of the couches and the diamonds of dust are starting to trinkle in and and they're beginning to cast light on these so-called ghosts that you thought were in there. As it turns out, these ghosts are not ghosts at all. They are these split parts of yourself that you have been so ashamed of that you have not wanted anybody to know about. You didn't want them to be discovered by anybody. And so you locked them away inside this dungeon. And as you start to understand that each one of these individuals were created so that you could disassociate the traumatic event that happened to you so that you could survive and that they were literally created for your protection to help you to get through. You begin to understand that they are not ghosts. They are not evil. They are not bad. They are there for you. They love you. They want to protect you. They want to help you. And then after that, You go through the process of integration where we coach you and we help you to integrate all of those parts of you back into a complete and whole human and spiritual being. And that is when, my friends, you find inner peace. So the process of integration is just, if not more important than the journey, but together they will unlock your mind and activate it and give you the freedom that you need. So I just want to thank you guys so much for coming and stopping in and listening to us today and supporting the cause. I want to let you know that for the beginning of our program, any package that you purchase, whether it's three, four, five months, whatever it is. We also have a double package, a six hour journey and a three hour integration. If you purchase that, then we will donate or match the same version of the package to somebody who can't afford it. So buy one, give one. I was just inspired by Blake Mykoski and Ed Milet in the podcast today to do that. So I just want to give a huge shout out, first of all, to Ryan Thompson. I got in contact with him through Jordan Harbinger. I think he's done some work for them before, but he's just absolutely incredible. He did such an awesome job. He knew exactly what we wanted and he made it happen. He's out of England. So I just want to thank you so much, Ryan. And then I want to thank Clay for also helping us to finish the commentary and to just be there for us and help us to learn how to podcast but it's been really extremely exciting um thank you for bearing through the audio it's not you know the most professional but it will get better with that being said we are a nonprofit. if anybody has any equipment for podcasting that they are no longer using and would like to donate it to the cause Find us on Instagram, Facebook, The Activation Project, or email us at become.activated at gmail.com. We really look forward to hearing from you. 